Yeah, we do have a couple prayer requests still for uh, for this week. My sister texted me on the way here and said to uh, add um, Bob Miller to your prayers prayer list. Um, Bob was the janitor at Harden Park School where my sister works. Um, they buried his daughter-in-law Friday, and then he died yesterday. Um, and just uh, just a shock to everybody, and she's pretty upset. So just remember Bob Miller. And then I've got a viewing and a funeral to go to. Just when we leave here, I go straight over to Austin Barnes. Uh, Jonathan Triplett passed away. He's 43 years old, heroin overdose. Um, as awful. Me and him was partners at Medics for years. Um, just He struggled for a long, long time with that. And I think that was Monday morning, Monday or Tuesday morning. I get the, the call for CPR in progress and, and end up at his house. And there was there was no saving that one. So just uh, remember Arden and Steve, his, his parents, they're going through a difficult time, only child. So uh, it's going to be tough this, this time of year. And a praise report, Ethan Church is home. So that's awesome, particularly death. And uh, looking forward to, to what the Lord has to do with him at home now in his comfort zone back home where he can heal with his family. And then Ira Ethan went through, had some tubes put in Friday and seems to be doing pretty good. You can tell the difference. Better. That's all that matters. He's better. So glad that worked out. Again, we do have the play this evening at 6, and then we'll have some finger foods after that. It's just the Baptist thing to do. You get together, you got to eat. And then we'll do it again next week. We'll eat again next Sunday morning at 9 o'clock. So looking forward to that. If you got your Bible, turn over to uh, John chapter 3. John chapter 3, verse 15 is where we'll be when we get there. Um, and again, it's, it's that time of season. I, I, have, you, have you looked at what today is? We're, we're 10 days away. We're T minus 10 days, and I hope you're getting ready. And I got to think about this week, each Christmas, each this time of year, we face the same endless round of shopping and presents and cards and then last-minute shopping and last-minute presents and last-minute cards. We, we rush. It's, we're right now, we're at crunch time. Me and Maria done the stupidest thing yesterday morning. We went to Walmart. <laughs> what was it? I don't know, it was like 7.30 or something like that in the morning. So, you know, it wasn't completely stupid, but... Still went before everybody else got there. But it's hard enough to, to focus on the physical part of Christmas, much less the spiritual side of Christmas. We get so overwhelmed with the commercialized side of it. We get so overwhelmed with making sure that we get our, our Christmas cards out we make sure we, we have made our phone calls and we've made our visitations and we've got our fruit baskets to get together. We've got to do fruit baskets. i got to get, <laughs> I just remember that. You know, we, we, we get so wrapped up in the giving and making sure that everybody gets what they need, but we never really just stop and think of the spiritual side of it. What is Christmas? What does Christmas mean to us, some people have asked the question: Is there really anything behind this time of season? Is there anything? Is there really any meaning, true meaning behind Christmas anymore? People stop, and it's it is a common question that people ask. They may not ask it out loud every now and then, but they will ask themselves: Is there really anything behind this season? Is it just about 
the gifts? Is it just about the, the parties? Is it just about being good to the kids for just a, a, a whole month or something like that? Is there more to it than that? We was watching Thursday, Thursday night. Thursday night, we kicked back and we was watching Charlie Brown Christmas. It's, it's the best thing to do this time of year, just sit down and watch a Charlie Brown Christmas. And we was watching it. I've, I've known it because it's probably the only cartoon that you'll ever watch where they quote King James in in the in the in the movie and but I'm going to read I'm going to read this to you this is the script and this is what Charlie Brown says he says I guess you're right Linus I shouldn't have picked this little tree everything I do turns into a disaster I guess I don't really know what Christmas is about now listen to what he says here's his question isn't there anyone who understands what Christmas is all about? Isn't there anyone who understands what Christmas is all about? And when he said it, I don't remember, I mean, I've seen the movie, but I just kind of blacked out from that point on. We was watching it, and then we had like two or three more episodes come on after that. But I got to thinking about what he said. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is? is all about. Well, got Linus, of course, Linus steps in and does what Linus does. This is one of the best quotes that's ever come out of a young's mouth on cartoons. Linus said, sure, I can tell you what Christmas is all about. And then what does he do? He tells about the birth of Jesus. Sure, I'll tell you what Christmas is all about. Folks, that needs to be us. There needs to be a whole lot more Linuses out in the world right now. There needs to be a lot more people that are willing to stand up, not just in front of Charlie Brown, but in front of all of them, and say, this is what Christmas is all about. Let me tell you the story about my Jesus and how he was born. Let me tell you about these shepherds and what they done and the star that they followed. Let me tell you about Mary. Let me tell you about Joseph. Let me tell you a little something about a manger. Let me tell you something about a full inn that you couldn't get into. Let us all be that Linus to somebody this time of year. Turn the focus away from the gifts and turn that focus back over to the gift. I love Charlie Brown. I love Charlie Brown so much I'm wearing Snoopy socks today. <laughs> I managed to get him away from Abby shaking her head. <laughs> I managed to get him away from Abby so she wouldn't take him. Linus says this to Charlie. He says, and I'm not going to read the whole, the nativity. He says to Charlie, he said, that's what Christmas, that's what Christmas is all about. It's about the birth. How many times did you ever sit and get all teary-eyed watching cartoons? That can get you. If that don't get you. Ain't nothing going to get you. He said, that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. That's what Christmas is all about. It's about the birth of our Savior. It's about the birth of our Savior. I truly believe that there is a purpose to Christmas. My heart, I know there is a purpose to Christmas, and it's for us to take a moment. And I've said it the past few weeks. The Bible is about his death. And his resurrection, it ain't a focus. We're not to focus on just the, the, the birth. It's about that death and that burial and that resurrection. 
but I think it's great that we can take a moment in our 12 months and really focus on that birth. Just focus on that gift. What an awesome gift that God has given us. If you've got your Bible, stand with me. We're going to read John chapter 3, verse 15 through 21. John 3.15 starts out that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent, that's our gift right there, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is a condemnation that light is coming to the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For every one that doeth evil hath the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Let's pray. Father, this evening, or this morning, yes, thank you, God. God, I just want to thank you for thank you, your word. Lord, we thank you for this sweet verse that every single one of us, we know it by heart, John three sixteen. Lord, we thank you for that love. We thank you that you thought enough of us. Lord, you've seen how we struggled with, with life here on earth, with sin. And you've seen fit to send forth your only begotten son. Father, to, to be born of a virgin, Lord, and to a poor family, Lord. And not just that, but Father, to sacrifice his life a few years later. God, we thank you for that. We thank you for this time of, of year when we can stop, pause, take just a moment to focus on that birth, Lord. And, and how you've given us the most precious, the most perfect, the most wonderful gift that any one of us could ever receive if we would just accept it. Lord, we thank you and we pray that this morning as, as we go into the service, Lord, if there be one here, Lord, that can, continues to struggle in their hearts and with their, in their minds, Lord, uh, of what this season is about, Lord, they, they struggle with receiving and accepting that gift that's been freely given to them. Lord, I pray that uh, through the words that may be spoken or sung today, Father, that it would uh, loosen up their, their hearts to receive it. Lord, I pray for those that our shut-in. Lord, we continue to lift up Mandy to you as she as she recovers. Lord, we want to just praise you for what you're doing and uh, Ethan Church's life, Lord, and, and for what you continue to do. And, and we can't wait to see uh, the outcome uh, of your perfect will for him. Lord, we do want to just continue to lift up those that have uh, loved ones that have passed away. And Lord, for those shut-ins that uh, struggle with this time of year, Lord, we just want to lift them up to you as well. Lord, we love you and we thank you. I'll listen to your son's name we pray. Amen. Have a seat. Now, socially, we are in one of the most violent times in history. I mean, you think about what you see in the news, you hear on the radio or you see online, and it's rough out there. And it ain't just the U.S., it's, it's around the world. But we live in a pretty rough time here in society. Every day we see on the news where somebody was assaulted, or which really just really gets me is when you see where uh, another officer was killed in line of duty, it seems like ambushes are the new thing. 
uh, and it makes me sick, or we see where another child has been kidnapped or is lost and missing. And it just, you just don't want to watch the news no more. There's nothing good is ever coming out of the news anymore. Nothing encouraging. Nothing. Uh, Ange uh, tagged me something last night. You know, we're, that we went to uh, uh, Mountain Home yesterday and put Reza on the graves of the, the veterans, and, which is awesome. It's wonderful. It's just an experience. It's a very moving experience uh, to, to lay a wreath on the headstone, take a step back and call out their name and just say thanks. That's moving. And they done a little, uh, one of the news stations yesterday done a little something about it last night. And, and that's probably about the only good thing that come off of the, the news yesterday was for people gave up a little time to honor, some, honor a bunch of veterans. There's no good news in the world anymore. Families in America are in crisis mode because over a third of the marriages end in divorce nowadays. You didn't hear about divorce years ago. That wasn't a thing that you talked about. But now it's just like, well, if it don't work, you can, you can get a divorce. It don't work that way. My uncle, he's Adventist, Pastor uh, J.C. Anderson. Uh, he's up in Abington, Virginia. I remember when my aunt got married. No. Well, my aunt that got married five times, he told her one time, if it don't work, you can just get a divorce. That was his words, and he believed it. That's the way he felt. It's okay. Just get a divorce. But it's also the same aunt that my great-grandpa wouldn't go to her last uh, wedding to. Uh, this back in 94 when she got married the fifth time. Paul Wheeler just, w we couldn't find him. He's supposed to be there at a certain time. We couldn't find him, couldn't find him. And Dad, me and Dad got together, and we, we drove over there to pick him up. So, Paul, come on, we're waiting on you for the wedding. He said, oh, I'll just catch the next one. <laughs> oh, I miss that man. <laughs> yeah childhelp.org did you ever use that Jerry childhelp.org you ever heard of it <clears throat> I don't like it <laughs> they got some true stats in there that I don't like and right now they're saying that there's over 1600 children die each year of domestic abuse I don't like that individually now that's socially now you got to think about individually now a lot of people have uh, lost feel like they've lost their importance this time of year. They're not important. We have individuals. We have shut-ins that have no family, or if they do, they don't visit. We have shut-ins that are in these nursing homes that very seldom get any visitation. We have people that shut themselves out. They don't want contact. They may have friends and family in, in their lives, but they don't want nothing to do with them. So they lock them out, block them out of the house, and, and, and they're just there. And this time of year, they struggle with it. Mother Teresa said that the greatest disease today is not starvation, but loneliness. And I believe that. They're, not, they, they are, they're starving themselves from uh, relationships is what they're doing. They're lonely. They don't like this time of year. Some have a, a, a fear for this time of year because... This is just one more Christmas away from dying. There just one more. This may be my last Christmas. Growing up, I never thought about this might be my last Christmas with so-and-so. That's the last thing I ever thought about. And now I'm older, and I've, I've lost some loved ones. Now I go into 
the Christmas season, and when I get to celebrate with my family, I wonder, is this the last one? Is this the last one I get to spend with them? A lot of people struggle with it because of Christmas past, and, and they struggle with these hard memories that they had of, of growing up or being in an abusive family or not receiving any gifts, growing up in a, in a poor family, and it brings back hurtful memories, and so they shut themselves out. The sad fact is that for many families this Christmas, the strain of living together, it's going to be way too much. It's going to be too much for them. They're going to struggle. But as we exchange our gifts and, and we sing our songs this Christmas, there's something I believe we all need to, to hear again. I believe we need to stop with the gifts and stop with the singing, and we need to hear something one more time. In my heart, I know that the world could, if they just stop just for a minute and hear what they need to hear, that we'd become a better place. Not just, not just America, not just North America, not just or North Carolina, but the whole world. If they would just stop for a moment and listen. Just stop and listen. That's why I wanted Conley to sing that song this morning. I love to tell the story. I love that song. But verse 3 says something. Then this is what got me this week. For some have never heard the message of salvation from God's own holy word. For some have never heard it. Folks, it's up to us to be that Linus. Amen. So that the ones that have never heard about Jesus, never heard the word, they'll hear it and be encouraged. There's kids in this world right now. There's kids in probably in this county, if not this state, that have no clue what Christmas is about. They just know it's a time to get presents. They know for about 30 days they've got to be really, really good so that they can get some presents. But they have no clue why we celebrate Christmas. So it is up to us to tell these children, these adults, about Christmas. Brother of uh, uh, Jackson Lawley, good friend of mine. He's out in Spokane, Washington right now, preaching revival, Spokane Indian Reservation. He said they have no clue what Christmas is about. He'd come by the office. He flew out Wednesday. He came by the office Tuesday, and we talked for a few minutes, and he said, just pray. He said, just pray that I can open their eyes, or Lord open their eyes through his words. It's scary. We need to be those people telling the old, old story about Jesus and his love. Amen. It says, the words say, I love to tell the story, which will be my theme and glory, to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love. The heart of the human population, or, or I'm sorry, the human problem is the human heart itself. The problem with the human heart is the heart itself. It's deceitful. An old Jewish writer wrote, who can understand the human heart? There's nothing else so deceitful. And he is so right. There's nothing more deceitful than a human heart. We were created in God's likeness to live in a world and enjoy a relationship with our creator. That's what he wanted. He said, here's Adam, here's Eve. Let's walk in the cool of the morning or the evening. He said, we're going to have some fellowship. I'll create it and we're going to have us a time, a fellowship, and we're going to be together, and we're going to walk in, 
Eden. We're going to walk in paradise and, and we're going to just have a, a good time. That's what God wanted from us. Then we fail. We fail. F-E-L-L, fail. And now we just fail. F-A-I-F-A-I-L. We fail. We fail him every single day. Amen. Amen. We fail him. Right from the start and down through the pages of history, if you keep looking at it, we have shut God out of our lives, right. and it has been completely tragic for us. It, look at us. Starting in Cain, Cain and Abel. We was talking at the Yes Club Thursday, Thursday uh, about Cain killing Abel. You look at Cain, and it just keeps going on down history. And we're miserable, and we're unfaithful, and we're sinful. And we just keep going on down the pages of history. We're a miserable, unfaithful, failing bunch of people. God said, I've got to fix this. Listen, Matthew 24, 6 says, And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. War and trouble. Every day you hear about war and trouble. You hear about something going on in some other country. It might not be going on. We have our own wars here in the U.S., I know. But we hear about the wars, and we hear about the troubles. We hear about the bad things that are going on. And Jesus himself told us there's going to be war and there's going to be trouble and there's going to be rumors of war and there'll be rumors of trouble. It's going to happen because of sinful man and egos. He didn't say that, but I'll throw that in there. A lot of ego problems going on out there and pride going on. We have to put men, or we have put men, we don't have to, we put men on the moon. Did y'all know that? Was y'all aware of that? We, we sent some guys to the moon one time, and they walked on the moon. I thought that was great. What was it, this year, the 50th? I think this year is the 50th anniversary of it. But we can't even conquer our own selfish desires in our hearts. We can send a man to the moon, but we can't conquer our hearts. Ain't that sad? It's awful, but that's... That's just flesh. That's just who we are. Between God and man, we have put up a barrier. And I always think about this at Easter. We talk about how that veil was ripped torn right down the middle. And it was. Opened up. So we have access to God now. But we have still put a barrier up between us and God. That, that veil may have been ripped torn right down the middle. Ripped twain. But we have still put a barrier up. We still put a wall up between us and God. We don't like what He does. We don't like how He how He. I'm not going to say. I will say treats us. He treats us with love. He treats us with grace, and He has a lot of mercy for us. And sometimes we don't like that because that's not what we want. God, why would you want to love me right now in the worst time of my life? Why would you want to start loving me? Because that's what He does. That's who He is. He loves us. We put up that barrier and we want to tear it, or we need to tear it down between God and man. We've opened up this, this great divide that no man can cross. When man fell, there's this great divide happened between us and God. And God looked at it and he said, I can't, I can't do that. I can't handle this. I don't like it. There's been this 
breakdown in communication, I guess, between us and God. It's on our end, not his. And finally, he said, we've got to fix it. We've got to fix this. To fulfill that role, to fulfill the, the band-aid, not even a band-aid, to, to make a permanent patch, to, be, to bridge that gap between us and God, God said, I know somebody that can fix this. He said, I'm going to come down in, in, in human flesh. I'm going to come down in the form of Jesus Christ, my son, and I'm going to fix this for them. Because if you go through and you look at any part of the Bible, especially when you get in the New Testament, when you look at Jesus, the one word that always comes to mind when I see Jesus is compassion. God had compassion on us old dirty sinners. Amen. He had compassion on every person that he ever ran across in the Bible. He had compassion. Even when he was up there in the temple and he was overthrowing those tables, at some point he had compassion. Not in my father's house. You ain't doing this mess. Compassion. Because that's what he has. That's what that's Jesus is is a poster child for compassion. He looked on the world that he created and he said, I'm gonna have a little compassion. I'm gonna have a lot of compassion on them. That, folks, is pure love. When you see what God done by sending his only begotten son, John 3 16, that is pure love. He didn't have to. He didn't have to. We could have continued to suffer. But God, he's compassionate. God is full of love. And God said, it's time. It's time to fix this. At Christmas, we give gifts because why? We love each other. Not because we have to, I don't think. We love each other. We do it out of love. We're supposed to do it out of love. It's better to give than to receive. I'd much rather give one as I had to receive one. I love, I love being a part. There's this. We're, we're at this one point right now with my nephew, both the nephews. I, what do we get them? What do they want? It's easy. I don't mind getting stuff for the girls. It's the nephews. I love to give to my nephews. I love it. I love to give to my girls too. I love my nephew so much that last big thing I got was a drum set for Cole. I love my brother-in-law. <laughs> uh, I don't think he's tops that yet, has he? He can't. Ain't no way. I'll find something louder. When Cole starts driving, we'll put exhaust on his truck. It just get louder. God's gift to the world was what? His son. But why? Why would he want to give his son? Because his love for us is so great that he can't bear to see the way that we're going. He can't bear to see his creation, his creation being us as, his, us, as human, and his creation, this earth. He can't bear to see his creation get turned over and turned around, and, and he just can't sit. He don't like the way that it's going right now, or he didn't. He still probably don't. I can't see why he would be very supportive of some of the things that are going on in this country right now, just this country, not the world. He can't be pleased with the way that one state completely shuts him out and how another state says it's okay to, for abortion. But then you turn around and you look at some other states, and now they're making, uh, making it mandatory 
that that these kids can have not mandatory. Yeah, I guess it is. They can have Bible classes in their schools now. I like that. So yeah, he's probably pleased with a few states and disappointed in a few others. But he looked at us and he said, I can't stand the way that you guys are turning. So here's a gift from my heart to you to you. Here's my son. Through that gift of his son, we have an opportunity to receive an even greater gift than anything money can buy. You can't buy this. There's no amount of money out there that we can buy or we can have for this. And that gift is eternal life. John 3, 16 again. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That, folks, is a gift. We live roughly... 70-ish years, something like that on average. Psalms 90.10 says, The days of our years are threescore years and ten, which is 70. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, which is 80 years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Folks, doctors, through this modern technology out there, they can buy us a few years sometimes. Some of us should have been gone a long time ago, but... God seemed fit to hang on to us through technology that's been used in the doctor's offices. But in the end, we're born. We know that. And we live in a rush. Did y'all realize that? We live in a hurry. We're born, and I mean, you think about it. You get in school, and we have to watch Ethan because he'll be the one that we watch for next, well, and then the next one that comes on. I want to go to kindergarten. I won't go to third grade. I won't go to middle school. I won't go to high school. I'm ready to go to college. I'm ready to work. I'm ready to retire. We're always in a hurry. We're not looking at what's going on today. We're looking at the future, and we're in a hurry. And the more of a hurry we're in, the quicker we are, the quicker we're going to get to death, it feels like. But that's what happens. We're born, we live in a hurry, and we die and live for, uh, and go to eternity, wherever it might be. Live in a rush. We all have one thing in common at birth, and that is that we're going to die eventually. Every one of us. The fate's waiting on each one of us. Even that baby in a manger was born to die. Born to die. To live for eternity with God, though, who made us, that's the good news. That's the good news. That's the gospel. That's what we need to remember. Yes, we're born. Yes, we're going to die. But the good news of that is we can have eternity with heaven or with God if we want it. We can have eternity in heaven through that free gift that he has offered us if we'll just take it. The true meaning of Christmas is this right here. That same Jesus who we see as a cute little baby in a manger is the same Jesus that we read about in the Easter story. Four months from now, we're going to go from this to that. We're going to go from a manger to a cross. That same cute little baby that was born in that wooden manger is that same Jesus that's crucified on that wooden cross. From a wooden manger to a wooden cross. The same babe, humble, meek, mild that we read about is the same man who was raised from the dead. Now there's a really old song, Christmas Carol, and I've only heard it once or twice. It was written in 1848. And it's called Once in a Royal... Once in royal, nope, once in royal David's city. And it says this. I love these words. 
not in that poor lowly stable with the oxen standing by, we shall see him, but in heaven set at God's right hand on high. Amen. So we're not going to see him. When we get to heaven, we're not going to see a manger, and we're not going to see Jesus in a barn. What they're saying there is next time we see him upon high will be heaven, and it's going to be with streets of gold and those jasper walls and these new bodies that we're going to have that are in his image. Think about that. The gifts that we exchange this year, this time of year, can't compare to that self-given love that God has for each one of us. We can't compare them. And I want you to think about this, and we're going to close that here in just a second. He gives to us every single minute, every single second, every hour, every day, every week, every month, every year. He's always giving us something. He's always giving us if we'll just follow him, he's going to give us something. In the midst of the troubles that we go through, what does God give us? He gives us peace. In the midst of all the sorrows that we go through, what does God give us? Joy. That's what he does. In the midst of all the guilt that we might go through in this life, what does he give us? Forgiveness. In the midst of all the sickness that goes on in this old world, what does he give us? He'll give us health. In the midst of the death that we have to deal with here, unfortunately, what does he give us? Life. He'll give you life. But you've got to receive that gift before death if you want that life. If you want eternal life with him. Just like any human gift, though, the love of God has to be received. Has to be. We talked about it last week. You have to. If somebody gives you a gift, you have to receive it. You can't pay them for it, then it doesn't become a gift. It just becomes a, something that they bought. We've got to receive it. Think about the reaction of someone if, if, if Conley spent every dime that he had. We'll just use Carolyn Conley. If he spent every dime that he had, dipped into his savings, his checking account, everything that he had to buy Carolyn the perfect gift. And he gave it to her, and she rejected it. How do you think you'd feel? That is the exact same thing that God has done for us. He has given us the most perfect gift. The most perfect gift. Don't break his heart by rejecting it. Don't break God's heart by rejecting his son, Jesus. That makes him weep. That breaks his heart. Amen. Breaks my heart. God gives us not only his son, but the choice as to whether or not to choose or accept it. So we have that choice, if we want it or not. We can have the most wonderful gift in the world if we want it. And that would be a real personal relationship with Jesus, if we want it. I've had mine for 22 years. I got a 22-year-old gift, and it just keeps getting better and better and better, and I wouldn't give it up for nothing. I wouldn't give it up for nothing. The gift I have found 22 years ago is ready for you to find if you want it. It's ready for you to receive if you want it.
Stand with me just a moment. We're going to close. For God sent not a son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. <laughs> that the world through him might be saved. It wasn't through Moses. It wasn't through David. It wasn't through Paul. Definitely went through Adam. But it was through him that this world might be saved. What a gift. What a gift. The gift of his son Jesus Christ and the gift of salvation that he has freely given to us if we'll accept it. Just don't get no better than that. You'll never get a Christmas gift to top that. Have you received that gift? you receive that gift father this evening we want to come to you and, and god i pray that today that uh, through your word through what john has beautifully pinned down for us to read my prayer today god is is this that each man woman child that is in the sound of my voice right now god i pray that each one of them have received that gift my prayer, God, is that there'd be some, no one here when we leave this building that would have any conviction on their heart whatsoever of knowing that they may be lost. But, Lord, my prayer right now is this, that if there'd be one here and, and they know they are lost, Lord, allow them to step forward. Father, I pray that they'd come to this altar, Lord, this altar that's it's decorated with a beautiful manger where the most perfect gift ever been designed was laid upon in this manger. God, if they be one here that would like to accept that gift, Father, I pray today would be that day that they'd come forward. Lord, I, I can't thank you enough for that gift that you give me 22 years ago. Lord, I'm thankful that I have a testimony where I can tell people about that gift that you give me. Lord, I'm thankful for the opportunity that you have given each one of us to tell others about that gift that they can receive. Father, this evening as we close out, Lord, I pray that you would bless each person that is here. Father, I pray that you would continue to use each one of us in a way that would be pleasing. Use each one of us, Lord, in a way that would help continue to spread that gospel. Lord, this time of year, Lord, I pray that you allow each one of us to an opportunity to sit down with someone that doesn't comprehend what Christmas is all about and allow us to, to go into Luke chapter 2 or Matthew chapter 1 and read them the story of your son's birth. God, we love you and we thank you again for this beautiful Sunday that you've given us. Father, I pray that this evening as we come back to your house and as we come back to worship, Lord, and honor you through this play of the, the Christmas story. Lord, I pray that broken hearts would walk in this door. Lord, my prayer is that those that are struggling with something in this world that they're living in, Lord, I pray that they would come to this church tonight, Lord, and bring it with them, and they'd leave it here. They'd leave it with you and come back a amended man or woman.
And we thank you for all that you're doing. Lord, go with us as we leave here. Bring us back safely this evening. All this in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, if you can be here, if you're in the place.